Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Well, help me welcome Bishop Reed to the, to the podium today, tonight, amen. Take your liberty, amen. Come on, let's give him a River of Life welcome tonight. Come on. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity to share your word at this location. Thank you for this wonderful group of saints of God. Thank you for the spirit of camaraderie and fellowship and the grace that bind us together. I ask tonight that I will decrease and you will increase and that your power will fill this place as it has been. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. You may be seated, please. I want to thank God for Pastor Markham and his beloved wife and family and the entire Markham family and the leadership of this wonderful congregation. I want to thank God for Pastor Markham Sr. And his beloved wife and the entire family and the leadership of the church here. God richly bless you. For the last decade or so, you have become partner with us without even knowing. I've come here more times than you know. Because every time my son would bring up this congregation, remember River of Life, and whenever he's going to speak or whatever is happening, I'm always here in the presence and the spirit praying for you. We've had some great friends in the congregation also. So I want to say thank you for hosting him over the last decade. Amen. It's been a decade, I think. First time I just passed you one Sunday morning and then, but other than that, he's always here. And he's become so busy now that I have to make an appointment to see him. Notwithstanding, I honor God and I bring you greetings from my wife and the other members of my family and also the church. They know I'm here tonight and they are praying for you and the wonderful work you're doing here at this location. Pastor Eddie told me about the series that you're embarking on and this weekend. I really feel so incapable of presenting this word on what I consider to be the greatest aspect of our faith, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the sustaining of the church, the birthday of the church. And I know that there are many folks who are joining us who are not here, and I want to also greet you and let you know that I am thrilled Because when I think of the Holy Ghost baptism and the Spirit of God in us and within us and through us, I see that as life. I grew up in an assembly where we would celebrate every time someone received the Holy Ghost in filling. After the person gets saved and uh, come to the Lord, then each Holy Ghost in filling was a tremendous celebration. You go to church that night, guess what happened last night? Somebody got filled. Guess what happened? How many got filled? Four persons, five persons. There was this 
enthusiasm concerning the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So I grew up in Pentecost. And I am always excited to talk about this. When I think in terms of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost baptism, there was a time in my life when I wasn't convinced that the Holy Ghost baptism was necessary. Because I grew up, uh, I was starting out in a church, I won't name the church, but early beginning said, once you're saved, you're okay, you don't need the Holy Ghost. So I was comfortable. And then preachers started to come my way who begin to make me feel uncomfortable every time they preach about the Holy Ghost. And I started to feel really uncomfortable. Do you, need, do you mean I need somebody else except what I have? I need another empowerment. And so I felt uncomfortable when they would speak about the Holy Ghost. And then after I started seeking and searching and looking, I start to feel disappointed if a preacher comes and didn't talk about the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. So I turn a whole complete around because now I want to know more about him. I want to learn about him and I want to receive him. Well, thank God. I got baptized in water on 15th of March, 1970. And two years later, it was a Friday night like this. March 17, 1972. Friday night. I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and I have never been the same again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so I want you tonight to know if you're uncomfortable about the subject, don't worry, I was there. You get comfortable after a while. After you start loving him and learning him, there'll be no one else to you like him. Praise God. Jesus, in this writing in the book of Matthew, records to the Holy Spirit to uh, John, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, John is speaking, but there comes one after me who is mightier than I am. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. John baptized with water. Jesus baptized with the Holy Ghost. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is for every believer. I believe once you believe Christ, once you accept him, you are a candidate for the reception of the Holy Ghost. But you need not fear or worry, nor be afraid like I was, because we have different persons born at different times. Even identical twins come at different times. Glory to God. Tonight might be your birth night. Tomorrow may be somebody's. Your personal Pentecost may be tonight. Maybe it happened already. Maybe it's a re-infilling. But don't worry because the Bible says if your heavenly father, your earthly father knows what good gift to give unto his children, how much more the heavenly father it is the desire of God to baptize every one of us with the Holy Ghost baptism. Glory to God. And I have news for you that he wants to fill you more than how you want to be filled. He wants to empower you more than how he wants, but than how you want to be empowered. He longs to empower you. Why? Because he knows the world that you're living in, that you cannot make it without the empowerment. It's hard. 
So don't worry. He knows what you need. And maybe tonight is the night when he will empower you to face those challenges. But I want to look as I share with you in the time allotted to me. On a few of the aspects that we need to follow. A few things that we need to look at. A few points that we need to look at. Allow me to enumerate a few. And to even take the liberty of saying how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I say this, I'm not giving you methodology. Because God knows every person is different and unique. Your infilling might be different from my infilling. But one thing I know is that when it happens, you will know. There's not a person who can tell me, I didn't know when it happened. You will know. Something will happen to you that is supernatural. An experience that you'll never ever forget. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot forget the 17th of March, 1972, that Friday night. I've had many experiences. I've gotten many, many, many certificates and degrees. I've had many things happen to me in life. But none has created the impact on me that that Friday night has had on my life. My life has been totally revolutionized. Now, mind you, I was a Christian before. I was doing well, pastor. I was teaching Sunday school. I sang in the choir. I did what I was supposed to do. But I did not have the power. I did not have the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I was a Christian. Did the best I could. I loved the Lord. I maximized every opportunity given to me. But there and then I knew I needed something more. And I began to search the scripture. I check every concordance reference on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I did the first thing that I was told to do. To continuously seek. Continuously seek. Seek continually. Don't stop seeking. Whether it's choir rehearsal. Bible study. Whether it is small services or big services. Just keep on in the attitude of seeking. Come as if tonight is the night that you're going to be empowered. Remain saved. Do what you're doing. Don't be discouraged. But come as if tonight is a night you're going to be empowered. And may I say to you that I had many nights and I came and nothing happened. I, I thought. I thought nothing happened. But little did I know that all of this was God was preparing me. He was cleaning the vessel. Every sermon on the Holy Ghost brought me a little closer. Every doctrine I heard relating to deeper quest brought me closer and closer and closer. Some were real hard. As a matter of fact, back in my day, you had to sit on the front seat if you weren't filled. Because you were supposed to be the prime candidate. So every time the altar call come, they would say, those who are not filled come first. And brother, that was hard to miss. And sometimes, may I say, a little intimidating and a little embarrassing. But I will not throw away the baby with the bath water. It was good for me. 
I got priority seating. Glory to Jesus. I had priority seating, brethren. And the time came on that Friday night when the Lord gloriously filled me with the Holy Spirit. But I say to you tonight that every opportunity you get it must be a continuous seeking. There are some things you do in your search. Search your scripture. Don't be adverse to him. Don't be adverse to the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Search the scripture. Be like the Bereans. Check your concordance and look up everything that has to do with the Holy Ghost. And after searching, you've got to do what I would call, the, the, there are some required readings. And this is not any, I don't have a Bible scripture for this. But I tell you there are some required readings I did. Some things like the writing by J.C. Riley on, on holiness. How to live holy. I found a book when I was a teenager, and I, that thing is out of print now. If you can find it, you'll be, it'll be good for you. It's called, Above All Things, Keep Yourself Pure. Above All Things, Keep Yourself Pure. Brothers and sisters, I read that book, I marked it up, I, I revered that book because it was just talking directly to me. Why? Because I was continually seeking I was not adverse to the search on the subject of the Holy Ghost. A book written by Ray Hughes called Who is the Holy Ghost? Continuous searching. Praise God. Then I had conversation with people. Every t there was one particular pastor I remember. I would follow him. I would listen to every word that come from his lips. I would actually beg him, tell me more about the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I was seeking constantly. Brethren, saints of God, the quest for the Holy Ghost is a continuous seeking. Not that he's lost, but the fact is that we are living in a world that's prone to evil. The world, the flesh, and the devil bars every pursuit of spirituality. And you know that. The battle is on. And therefore you've got to push ahead. Praise God. Every time you've got to seek him. Amen. But Jesus says in the book of St. John. Chapter 7, 38, 39. In the last days, the great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst. Let him come after me. Let him, he that believe on me as the scripture has said. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and I believe that and I accept that and I kept on seeking Psalm chapter 42 1 to 3 as a heart panted after the water broke so panted my soul after thee oh God listen to me friends it's a continuous seeking I know sometimes we have these services and we get real happy and we get excited and then we go out and we are confronted again by the enemy and we lose the battle. But don't you ever stop seeking. Only God can fill the real thirst for God. Saints of God, you want the real thing. Accept no substitute. In this age and time, we see so many fake Holy Ghost and filling. So many shake, rattle, and roll as a substitute. But you know, praise God, the Bible says the same power that raised Christ from the dead, if this dwells in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. 
I believe that the child of God knows what is genuine. And so you keep on seeking. Every time we gather is a time for seeking. Every song, every testimony, every admonition. Lord, I am here. I am a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He can fill you anywhere, any place, any time. In my many years of ministry, I've seen God fill people sitting in the pew. I've seen him fill them with the Holy Ghost laying on their backs. I've seen him fill them in open places. Praise God. One of the old country where I was one time, it was about midday and we heard a big noise in the field. Folks gather around to look. It was one lady who went in her outhouse. We thought she went in her outhouse to do her business. But she went to pray. They had to pull her out the outhouse in the middle of the field, praise God. She was baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It can happen right here tonight or right in your bedroom, right in your living room, right where you are. It can happen. Constantly seek him. Don't accept any substitute. Don't take anything that will someone will throw at you and will teach you, say this or say that. The Holy Ghost will baptize you as long as this. see, he makes way for himself. He knows the womb that he will plant his spirit in. He knows who's ready. He knows when it will take place. And it could be tonight. Praise God. It could be tonight for somebody. Praise God. It may be tomorrow. But one thing I know. As a child of God, you are a candidate for the Holy Ghost. The fullness of his Holy Spirit will come upon you. And when he comes, you will know. You will not mistake it. You'll be, I can, I can tell you, if I had the time, I could relate my story. I could chronicle step by step. But the result, the process might be different for each person. But the result is always the same. Empowerment. Love for God. A deepening reverence for service. A zeal that you never had before. A love for people that no social network can bring. All these are the result of a life that is spirit filled. Praise God. What the world needs now is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. A Holy Ghost revival. Praise God. And thank God your pastor. God has put in his heart to declare this weekend. And not just declare but to follow. To go against culture. Because this is Memorial Day weekend. Barbecue, party, whatever. But here we are. We are seeking something, somebody greater. Somebody greater. To receive the Holy Ghost, you've got to constantly seek. Not that he's lost, but you've got to constantly know what you're looking for. If you don't know what you're seeking for, you'll find it anywhere, any day. And then, not only must you constantly seek, but you must constantly surrender. It's a constant surrender. Some must a constant surrender. Constant seeking, constant surrender. What does it mean to surrender? It means a release of my volitional will. There is something in us called the will. And of all the things, brothers and sisters, they teach us, oh, you got to be self-assertive, you got to be this, you got to be that. To surrender your will to the power of God is an amazing and a glorious experience. Lord, I give up. 
I love the worship that we had here tonight. Hands raised, hearts surrendered. Because when under the surrendering hand of God, things will happen. We must all, praise God, be, always be surrendered to God. What do I do? How do I surrender? I turn around, I give away, I release everything that offends God. Everything that I know that offend my God, I let it go. God, this is not pleasing in your sight. I give it up. God, this does not honor you. I give it up. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy 2 verse 21 says, If any man purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Our continual surrender must be intentional. It must be an intentional act. God, I give up. I surrender my will. I surrender my way unto your word. Let me be practical. Whatever the word says to do, do it. Whatever the word stand against, stand against it. Glory to God. I don't have a mind of my own. I am wrapped up. I am tied up. I am tangled up in Jesus. Jesus becomes my all. My all in all. They'll call you Jesus freak. They'll call you all kinds of things. But it's alright. I am wrapped up. I am tied up. I am tangled up in Jesus. He is in my head and in my thinking. In my feet and in my walking. In my hands and in my clapping. In my voice and in my speaking. It's in my mind and in my thinking. It is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Surrender means releasing everything to God. I draw an example of a surrendered man. Adam, when God wanted to bring Eve into experience, Adam wasn't surrendered. He talked about it. God told him, you're by yourself. But in order for God to bring Eve in the picture, God had to put Adam in a deep sleep. I don't know what anesthesia or anesthetic they use. God used at that time, Pastor, but God just knocked him out. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. And when he woke up, praise God, miracle of miracles, God took a rib from his side and brought a woman to him and said, there she is. And he for the first time realized, oh wow, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I'm going to call her woman. I'm talking about real surrender. When God knocked you out of your senses, so to speak, and placed in you what he wants to. Let's ask Sister Mary, the mother of Jesus. What happened? The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 34-35, this majestic, glorious conception was something that God did not want Mary to have any part in. So the Bible said, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. Someone say overshadow. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. Praise God. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. Mary said, ah, this can't happen. How, how shall this be? How will I receive the Holy Ghost? How will this conception take place? Mary, the Bible says, the Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. 
shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee glory to God therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in you shall be called the son of God God wants to place his spirit upon you but you've got to surrender and he knows exactly what medication quote unquote to give you to surrender because the power of God is able to knock you off your feet knock you out of your conscious sometimes brother, we are just too self-conscious let me talk about myself i was always concerned that i was going to fall on the ground very concerned i was always concerned that i was going to mess up my nice white shirt that's my story yours might be different but the very time when i realized that shirt floor doesn't matter because i'm surrendering for the greater good that's when I started to release. Hear me. God will not embarrass any one of you. He has your best design. He has your best design. And he'll give you the Holy Spirit according to what he's desire of you. Some folks I see receive him sitting down. Some folks while they're standing while they're worshiping. Some folks while they're kneeling. But all you've got to do is to have a surrendered heart. It is true that we are living in a corrupt world. But God will interrupt your life. And he will cause you to surrender like Mary. Surrender like Adam. The greatest uh, multiplication came out of Mary in Jesus Christ. And that was when the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. Hear me. The greatest blessing is yet to come. When the Holy Spirit gets in you. I'm sorry. When the Holy Spirit begins to manifest himself to you. By virtue of being a Christian, the Holy Spirit already calls you. You couldn't be saved unless the Holy Spirit come and draw you out of sin. But he wants to do a greater work. He wants to do a greater work. It's like you have a car with an overdrive. And you press the gas and you do the best you can. The Holy Ghost is the overdrive. It's the power. It shifts you into a gear that no human being can ever know. Praise God. And just when Satan thought he has you down, the Holy Ghost picks you up and turns you around and things begin to happen. He is a power that's greater than any human influence. So to receive him, you've got to continuously seek. You've got to continuously surrender. Yield to him. And Mary, when she came to the point, she says, Behold, Lord, thy handmaid. Do it according to thy word. When you get to the place in your life like I did after my initial embarrassment and my initial protest, I said, Lord, if, if there's a Holy Ghost, I need him. My sister, who's a couple of years my senior, one day after she got filled, she was in church and she was testifying and she says, I have tasted of heaven's best. What about me? I need heaven's best too. Hallelujah. And that motivated me. That drive me. If you, sister, if you got heaven's best, I want heaven's best too. Now, pardon her expression, but that was how she saw it. And that moved me to seek for more. Glory to God. Hear me, my friend. You're, you're doing well. Your salvation is making you happy. But there's a greater happiness. 
when you receive him. So there's a continuous seeking, a continuous submission, and then there's a continuous separation. Continuous separation. God calls you out of sin, but you must now separate yourself. God separates you. The Holy, the, the Holy Spirit through his word convicts you. And you have been drawn out of sin, but you must now intentionally separate yourself. It is true that we are living in a corrupt world, but we don't have to be corrupt. Lot lived in Sodom, but he was not a Sodomite. God delivered him. We are living in a corrupt culture, but we don't have to be tainted by the culture. Everybody's doing it, but you don't have to do it. Dear to be a Daniel, I come to challenge you tonight that if you're going to receive heaven's best, you've got to separate yourself. Their cults and their false religion and their all kinds of truth denial and secular humanism, unholy alliance and all these things. But James chapter 1 verse 27 says that we have got to exhibit true, true religion. This is what he says. Pure religion and undefiled before the Father is this. To visit the widows in their affliction. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. To keep himself. Intentional strategy. To keep yourself unspotted from the world. Yes, it is possible in 2023. Just like it was back then in the first century. It is still possible. Why? Because God is able to keep that vessel clean. Hallelujah. The word of God preached will do its work effectively in a person's life but you've got to separate yourself friends there are things that you must say to yourself as for me and my house we will serve the lord glory to god amen nowadays there's a pot shop on every corner and they call it recreational medicine I don't hear, come here to get into your politics, but listen, you can pass that thing and shake your head and say, not me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can shake that thing. You can kick that thing and say, not me. Amen. What, it might be legal, but it's not morally right. The law may allow it, but God's law is higher. Glory to Jesus. And if you really want the, the vessel to be maintained clean, you've got to separate yourself. Constant seeking. Constant submission. Constant separation. Sometimes you've got to delete some friends. You've got to unfriend some friends. Hallelujah. I know it's hard. Isolation is a tough thing. But there are times to keep yourself pure. You've got to unfriend some of those friends. Some of those people are in your face with the evil. As believers, we must take practical steps to separate ourselves from the evil at the time. Hear what Paul says. He amplifies what was written in chapter 52 of Isaiah. He says, therefore come out from among them. Be separated, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Praise God. There must be a point of separation. And I'm not here trying to legislate anything at all. I'm just saying to you. The Holy Spirit that you need. When he says to you. Don't touch. Don't do. Or do. Or go. is because he wants to bring out the best in you. 
Hallelujah. He wants to come and dwell. He wants a tabernacle in your tabernacle. He wants to take a permanent residence in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a time when he just come and anoint like he anoints Samson. He anoint David. He anoint the people in the Old Testament. But he now in New Testament want to live in this tabernacle. Glory to God. He want to dwell there. Not just a one shot stuff. He want to stay there. Glory to God. And that's why we talk about in you. And through you, he wants to reside in your tabernacle. There's a continuous separation, friends. And it's what you have to do. Then there's also a continuous sacrifice. This one is hard. I know. Because we are self-sufficient. But Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. I like to define sacrifice as something that you can afford. And you can really afford it. But for the sake of Jesus Christ, you have to deny yourself. You can more than afford it. It's possible for you. No one will stop you. Praise God. But for the sake of receiving the Holy Ghost, because you know that the, he wants to dwell in this vessel, you've got to say to yourself, I can't touch that. Just give me a bottle of soda. Just give me a plain water. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This separation indicates that you've got to have a single mind, a single passion towards God. It's God and God alone. You cannot mix this stuff. Friends, there is a seeking, there is a surrender, a separation, and a sacrifice. And this sacrifice must cost you something. You've got to bring yourself to your funeral every morning. Get up and say, listen, today I want this vessel to please God. I'm on the praise team. I want this vessel to honor God. I am in the sanctuary. I'm walking among holy people. I want this vessel to honor God. So this day I get up and I make a decision and I am going to sacrifice. Give up something for the greater good. Hallelujah. Amen. Dr. A.W. Tozer wrote the book, Man, the Dwelling Place of God. And just the subject alone, bless my heart. Man, the dwelling place of God. God dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And he wants to stay there. Do you curse on your God? you swear on your God? Can I say that you fornicate on your God? Do you do all kinds of evil? And if God is your dwelling place, if he is here, if he has residence in you, you've got to understand that man is a dwelling place. You are the temple of the Lord, aren't you? Aren't you the temple? Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Praise the Lord. And God in his sovereign mercy placed that in you so you can carry him and represent him to the world. I take this really serious. I take it really personal. Surrender is a violent act of self-renunciation. It's a violent act of self-renunciation. Yes, the self wants this. But I surrender because of the greater good. Hallelujah. Yes, the self want this. But I surrender because of the greater good. 
is a continuous seeking, brethren. A continuous surrender. A continuous separation. And a continuous sacrifice. These things are actions that are continued through the body of Christ. And not because I am filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm going to stop seeking. No, I need more. I need more, Pastor. I need more. Every child of God who is filled, as I sat here and I watched the, and I enjoyed the praise and worship, I said, God, just fill me again. And one person asked Mr. Moody, D.L. Moody, you know about him. He said, Mr. Moody, why do you keep on preaching and singing to be, to be refilled? Aren't you filled already? Moody says, you see, I leak. I leak, yes. We wrestle in this life. We wrestle against sin. We live among unsaved. What did Jeremiah say? Isaiah said, woe is me. For I dwell among people with unclean lips. So therefore it's often, it's okay to ask God, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again, hallelujah. Fill me again, Lord. Fill my vessel again because I, I leaked this morning. I was filled, but today I get weak. I need another refreshing. Oh, God. I remember as if it were yesterday. It may have been 1980 or 86, you know. Dates are getting foggy the older you become. But I had just been to a great series of trial. And I remember laying in my bed and said, Lord, I need something more. I need you to show me again. I need you. I hadn't backslidden. I hadn't gone back. But I just, I was just weary, Pastor. And I remember as if it were yesterday, I lay in that bed. And like an x-ray machine, the Holy Ghost passed through me. And there was literal fire. Literal heat. And I sprang from my bed. And I said, hallelujah. Glory to God. And the next thing I know, the whole house was on spiritual fire. What happened, Brother Reed? I got another touch from the hand of God. It can happen to you tonight. And your joy can be beyond everybody's joy. Because Jesus come and refill your vessel. Well, why do you go to the gas station with your car? Because you've been driving that automobile so long and the... Needle goes down, you got to fill it up. That's why you come on Sunday, Sunday, Monday. You come Saturday, you come. We have Pentecost, we have all these things. Why? Because you just want another touch from the hand of God. And I have news for you. Tonight, you will not be denied. You will not be denied. So we talk about that continuous seeking. Both for the filled and the unfilled. We talk about the continuous surrender. The continuous separation. And the continuous sacrifice. But there's one more step I want to talk to you about before I begin concluding. The continuous supping. Jesus said, as he spoke to the people, there's a beautiful story in St. John chapter 2 where they turned water into wine. Another story. After he made the miracle, he turned the water into wine. Wine is supposed to bring joy and happiness to their guests. No Jewish wedding is complete without wine. Not the one that makes you junk, by the way. But I'll come to that shortly. But when they tasted the wine, they said, wait a minute. Everybody served the best wine first. 
And how come you give the best wine last? Well, I come to tell you tonight that in this age and time, the best is yet to come. You have done a lot. You have been doing well. But there is still a sweeter wine, if I could use that adjective. There is still a greater wine, a more potent wine. It's the wine of the Holy Ghost. No wonder why on the day of Pentecost, the people says, Wow, these men are drunk. And they clarify, Peter says, no, no, no. We are not drunk as you suppose. Let's get it right. Our drunkenness is not like you think. You see, but hear me. The world has nothing to compare us with. That's why they call us all kinds of names. Because they compare us in their term. But hallelujah, I wish they would get drunk like us on a Friday night. On a Sunday night. I wish they would get drunk like us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When we come to our services. And after the pastor preach and the Holy Ghost touch you. I wish they would feel drunk like us. It would make the world sober. Glory to God. And Peter says we are not drunk I suppose. But this is that. Someone said this is that. This is that. So when they question you tomorrow morning, what happened to you? Why aren't you walking like you used to walk? Just say, this is that. Which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. So they said that they were drunk, but they weren't really drunk. They were drunk in the spirit. I wish I could have somebody drunk in the Holy Ghost tonight. My tradition where I'm from, pastor, sometimes we got to pull people out in cars. Take them home. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. They're going home in cars singing hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It can happen. It has happened. It is happening right now. And while you're in your seat, God can do it to you. There'll be a rush. A holy rush. And before you know it, you wonder what's going on. You junk like the apostles. I got one more junk person to tell you about before I give you my summary. She, Eli mis, misread her. She knew what she was praying for. She was praying for a son. Her prayer was specific. She knew what she wanted. But the poor priest misread her. Eli, in the book of Second uh, of Samuel, Eli said, you have too much wine. Hannah would go there and she would do her devotion. She would pray. She would meditate. She would, she would do her Jewish thing and she would be praying. And Eli looked at her and said, woman, you have too much wine. The world is mistaking us. But when they get the wine of the Holy Ghost, they will understand it is Christ in me. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Yes, they call you where they call you all kinds of names. But it is the Holy Ghost. It's the power of God. I'd set you, your feet to dancing. Hear me. Continuous sup. Drink. Continuous drinking. Continuous drink. We drink as we raise our hand. We tell him, we tell him everything we're drinking. And while you're drinking, you find yourself bursting out in another language. A language which you have not studied. Which you have not learned. Praise God, he'll speak through you. And in my tradition, I believe that the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. But you don't go on speaking in tongues all the while. Some of you exhibit power. Power for service, leadership. But there, if the baby doesn't cry at birth, 
that universe that cry at birth is a universal sign air rushes in the lungs pastor and then they say oh yes he's alive you better start crying you better start making some sounds you better start raising those hands and giving god praise hallelujah because right there and then the holy ghost life will rush in you hallelujah there'll be a new awareness of his presence when you drink god will become nearer you will see him you will feel him everybody's wondering what happened to you is the presence of god someone said the presence of god he might he might cause you to make some movement that's not conventional but thank god you're in river of life nobody gonna call the ems nobody gonna drag you out because they know that you have surrendered and when you surrender you become drunk like hannah you become drunk like the apostles praise god and we will wait on you praise god and it will take an hour or two or a couple minutes but he will come and when he comes he'll make way for himself hallelujah there'll be not only a, an awareness when you keep supping but there'll be a deepening reverence for god preacher brethren when the holy ghost takes up residence in your life and he's there to stay. There'll be a reverence for God. I said deepening reverence. You'll know how to separate the holy from the profane. Those things that are going on in some churches today. If the Holy Ghost was there, that would never happen. Glory to God. Something's happening in some congregation today. If the Holy Ghost was alive and well there in that church and possessed a vessel, those things would never happen because somebody would get up and say, No! Don't get quiet on me because it will happen here one day. Because there's a prophecy in the house. There are interpretation of tongues. There are things that will happen right in your hearing. Uh, that's why I'm so glad for your pastor who not only not, who's bucking the system and is calling for, for Pentecost and going for Pentecost. There will not only be a deepening reverence for the things of God, but there will be a passionate desire to serve him. Passionate desire. Friends, when you, the Holy Ghost empowers you, there will be a passionate desire to serve God. Church will not be second place. Church will be primary. Worship will be primary. Nobody has to pump you to say hallelujah. There will be a passionate desire. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You got to keep on drinking. You got to keep on drinking. I've been in services where the Holy Ghost come and people just sit there and amen just for the hours and hours and hours just keep on praising the Lord. You have to wonder, you know, we got to go home, right? No, no, but people are just drinking, just drinking. When the Holy Ghost, when you keep on supping, there'll not only be a passion, desire, praise God, but there'll be a love for souls. This whole matter of racial nonsense when the Holy Ghost come in you, you don't see color. You see power. Glory to God. God has given me the experience to preach to people all across the globe. And I one thing that binds us together, Pastor, is the power of the Holy Ghost. I was preaching in a stadium in Tenakew, India, South India, in the 
people in there once and I, I, I was so disconnected because I don't speak the language I had to speak to an interpreter and I said God I need something to show that I'm making connection because you know when you're preaching pastor and you have an interpreter an interpreter you feel as if I'm not reaching and right in the middle of the service the Holy Ghost came down and all of a sudden I begin to connect with the people and they begin to connect with me I don't know what language I was speaking but I know I was communicating with them and they were communicating with me so for a moment I bypassed the interpreter hallelujah Oh, glory to God. So this matter of segregation and division, when the Holy Ghost comes, he breaks down barriers. And they their love for souls. You see souls as a love for people. The Holy Ghost make us do that. And they were gathered in Jerusalem, devout men of every creed, every nation, and they all came together. Praise God. And they all heard the word of God in their own language. God is a uniter, not a divider. The Holy Ghost bring us together. Oh, glory to God. The Holy Ghost brings us together. Praise God. When you keep on drinking, the power of God will dominate your life. Dominate your thinking. Dominate your being. And folks may never even understand you. And that's why we are in the minority where the church is concerned. Because folks don't understand you. Friends, I come to challenge you at the kickoff of this Pentecost weekend. Keep on seeking. Keep on surrendering. Keep on sacrificing. Keep on separating yourself and just keep on supping. Keep drinking. Every time you come to church, it doesn't matter who is preaching. I'm just going to drink. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. I'm going to drink. Because one of these days when you keep on drinking, keep on drinking, you're going to be filled to overflowing. And God himself will manifest himself through you. Finally, how can I be filled with the spirit? I'm going to give you some points that I have jotted down here. And they didn't originate with me. But number one, it says, a definite confession for the need to be filled. You've got to know what you need. Amen. The pastors laid it out. We are not talking about being saved from sin now. We are talking about needing power to serve. To challenge the enemy. To empower us to charge the force of hell. Amen. A definite confession of what we need. If you don't know what you need, you'll take anything you get. You'll go on the street side and see them selling mangoes. And say, oh, I got the Holy Ghost. You really need mangoes. You see them selling water. And they say, oh, this is holy water. You'll take it. I got the Holy Ghost. But when you know what you need, you need the real person. You need the third person of the Godhead who come to take up permanent residence. Amen. Secondly, you've got to have a real longing to be filled. You've got to want him. A real longing. Blessed are those who hunger. Hunger and thirst after righteousness sake. For they shall be filled. You've got to be hungry. You've got to be thirsty. You've got to want him. And hear me good. God wants to give him to you more than how you want him. 
because he know your value in the kingdom of God. Many of you, God's going to use you in a mighty way, but he, he's setting you up. He's presetting you because he wants to empower you. It doesn't mean you're not a Christian, but he wants to empower you for service, especially in this evil time. How do I, how can I be filled? I can be filled when I deal candidly with every known sin in my life. Take an inventory. And how they taught me, pastor, they say, write it down. Write it down in your book pad and you, every known sin that you are faced with. Find a scripture and put it over it. And read that scripture. And say to that sin, sin. I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ and the word of God with my elder brother backed up by the Holy Ghost. And every time it rises to condemn you, you put it under the blood. Under the blood. Every time it comes, it's under the blood. Because the devil is a tormentor and he will keep on coming. So a candid dealing with every known sin in your life. Then an absolute surrender of mind body and soul i give up absolute surrender of mind body and soul and finally a praise he comes through praises he comes to worship he comes to worship hear me god can superintendently sovereignly override anything but when you open your mouth and begin to praise him he will touch the linguistic aspect of your brain and he'll give you a language that you never studied hallelujah yes it comes to worship praise God and as you begin to worship he'll come in and he will change your language I cannot teach you a language the elders can't teach you a language but the Holy Ghost himself the Bible says, and they shall speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. And I believe it tonight. Many of you here are tongue-talking Christian. God bless you. But I believe that the church could benefit with a, more, with a lot more people who are spirit-filled. Do you want him tonight? Do you want him tonight? This is the reason why we have Pentecost. This Friday night can be your personal Pentecost. I don't have a method or a formula. In the best, in my best effort, all I can tell you was one time in my life it wasn't so. But when I yielded to him, praise the Lord. When I, when I did what I was taught, when I followed the teachings, when I yielded to him, that Friday night glory to God was my spiritual birthday. And ever since that, I'm never the same again. I come to tell you tonight that you will never be the same again. The Holy Ghost will change your language, change your walking, change your behavior, change your outlook, change your perspective. That even you will never even understand. But I comfort you before I close. Do not be adverse to the teaching. Remember my own story. I used to be upset when they come to my church and teach about the Holy Ghost because I thought I was okay. I was, just, I was doing well. Amen. But when I begin to search the scripture and I realize that there is more. Lord, I've got salvation, but I need more. When I realized that, amen, I kept saying, why isn't the preacher preaching about Holy Ghost? I want everybody to preach about Holy Ghost. When I got failed, pastor, I want everybody to be failed.
And here I am today. I'm standing in that same passion. Would to God that you receive the Holy Ghost. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.